0: turned out natasha romanoff cold as ice black leather won't give you a smile won't even look at you that it seemed it was going to is cute sweet actually loves people and wants to be accepted by them and not because cap caused it but cap catalyzed what was deeply buried which was she has a great heart despite being raised as an assassin jesse james jesse aka the bizzle oh the bizzle thank you <laughs> the bizzle thank you the bizzle yeah the bizzle ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzlecast, cast i present to you may 1st 2020 normally i like to be somewhat more descriptive in my podcast titles and in the openings but for this one i really couldn't get past doing anything other than calling this Bizzlecast cast may 1st 2020 or may 1, 2020. May 1, 2020 is, of course, the date that the Black Widow movie, um, which I think most, if not all of us, wanted and didn't think was going to happen, is already basically in the bag and is dropping. It is the first movie of the announced Phase 4 slate, even though Spider-Man is technically part of Phase 4, and God bless Spider-Man. But Black Widow is the first, just like... Captain America Civil War uh kicked off um unofficially that particular phase and the connections here are strong. May first, twenty twenty. I'm going to keep saying the date for a little while longer, so we let this sink in. Because I want to take stock when Disney announces this is their first big movie. It's in May of next year. They've already rapped on it basically. Starting phase four. It's Black Widow. It's a story be- after Civil War and the Winter Soldier, which is what we all wanted—not a prequel, as, as I thought had been the case, and I've been avoiding. And as I read more about this, but it doesn't matter. May first, twenty twenty, Black Widow. Okay. The nominally first female superhero introduced in a very cursory, bordering on insulting or just dumb way in Iron Man 2, initially, um, or I should say uh, immediately, one fans over um, as sort of a, a 1A or 1B Avenger who is still super central and important to everything going on in the Avengers. But there is no doubt that for me and most of America, in the Captain America the Winter Soldier... We definitely fell in love with Chris Evans, for those of us that hadn't fallen in love with Chris Evans as Captain America already to that point. But just as important, and it's turning out in terms of chronology to be maybe even more important, we really fell in love with Black Widow because they let Scarlett Johansson be Scarlett Johansson being Black Widow. They wrote to her amazingly effusive and complicated personality. And that's what you have to do with your actors. I love Hawkeye in the movies. We might go, get to that. We'll probably get to Hawkeye at some point when they write for Renner Gray, And it's normally been Whedon, but they nailed it with the Russos in the final movie, and Endgame as well. Uh, you write great for Hawkeye. It's it, you know it, he's such a subtle actor, uh, which made the. the here come the spoilers. You've been seeing Endgame $3 billion. I doubt it. That Scarlett Johansson as a Black Widow. Uh, does not commit suicide even though it appears to be the case she just sacrifices her life into the ether of the planet with the orange soul gem it's all very stupid but because of the character drama of her and Hawkeye trying to outpace each other to kill themselves or, or sacrifice themselves I should say to save the other person and the people they care about and the universe uh, is, is quite amazing uh, I thought that, that whatever it was between those two I didn't predict that. I knew that was going to be my favorite part of the final movie. And it, indeed, it was. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So let's recenter here. May 1st, 2020. Okay. Bizzle, stop saying the date. We got it. May 1st, 2020. Well, here's the thing. I want you guys to cast your yourselves back. Um, because... This might be kind of a personal podcast. You know, I started my podcast about th- four, almost four and a half years ago. I sound like a little kid. I'm four and a half, three, four and three quarters, uh, like four years and four. Five months ago, uh, in early twenty fifteen, I started doing some short Star Wars hits just to get it going because I was listening to so many nerd podcasts and I was getting into both Marvel and excited about Star Wars, which hadn't come back yet. But Force Awakens, I thought was super promising, and I ended up being right about that. And love Force Awakens. Um, I like it more than I initially did, but there is no doubt, and I've said it before, but I have to say it on this podcast. There are three things that led to the Bizzlecast being primarily a nerd podcast. Even though I love talking politics, sports, uh, food, traveling, literally anything, it, people whether they're nerds or not nerds, but they like nerd stuff, like it throws what a out to talk about that stuff, and that's awesome. Um, it, I mean, the fact that Dungeons and Dragons culture when Scarlett Johansson first appeared in Iron Man looking a little too sexy and not quite practical enough and does not a solid role uh, back in 2010 uh let's just say Dungeons and Dragons was not what the cool kids were playing it seems crazy it's less than 10 years ago but that's the reality guys um and the reality is Marvel on television i i i, I I will direct you to read about, um, uh, or I can call him Ike because I call him like Ike Perl- Perlmutter, the horrible Marvel executive who they've been trying to force out forever has been involved in TV and other things. And is a big Trump supporter. just, just a bad dude. I don't know if he's a perv like the Pixar guy, which is also bad for Disney, but this guy is uh, way eviler, uh, if not scummier. Uh, he's probably scummier, too. I don't know all the details, but Irving Perlmutter, uh, bad guy, uh, comics has had a major problem with uh, taking forever to get minority and female uh, uh, superheroes in there. Um, they've been extremely fortunate that from Kamala Khan to... Uh, I personally love the Kelly Sue DeConnick Captain Marvel recent run in the last 8 years or so that led to this Captain Marvel portrayal even though I didn't love the Captain Marvel movie and we will get back to that when it comes to female superheroes and who deserves movies uh, and who's going to make more money which I'm very excited about but I'll save that uh, braggadocio uh, for later uh, but Captain Marvel in the comics is like Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica but with even crazier superpowers um, it's coming back from the of superpower, spoiler alert, uh, end of season three. Um, but but she's more off the chain. She's way more emotional. She's more irrational. She's not just a female Captain America who smiles occasionally, uh, and they got they have to mind that and. I want to juxtapose Captain Marvel, which, like Black Panther, had a quote-unquote soft spring release in February or March or whenever it was, which will really lead up to the Avengers movies, and it was brilliant because the three things to go back... And bring it all around to May 1st, 2020. when uh, Late 2014, early 2015, when I was like, alright, I'm going to start recording myself and see if I'm comfortable with this and I have enough to say. And see if maybe I can do a podcast. You know, even if they're short hits. And I started with short Star Wars hits, but I saw Avengers Age of Ultron and I loved it way more than most people. I, I did not then and still today do not understand. I mean, I understand on paper people's problems or just lack of love for Ultron. But from an emotional and excitement level i can't understand you don't just get super into that film um it came the year after captain america the winter soldier reason one for the Bizzle cast reason two with Captain America Winter Soldier doing unbelievably well both critically and commercially in early 2014 they then announced in October 2014 an announcement I will never forget with Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans on stage the I I think people thought was going to happen uh, casting wise but we got the confirmation with the actor and those other two amazing legendary actors on stage Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa but more importantly even than Chadwick Boseman as and he is a beautiful, amazing, incredible, talented man. Um... And I love the Black Panther, and that was reason number two for the Bizzle cast. Reason number three, by the way, is Star Wars. We're not going to talk about that here, but Star Wars coming back and under the hands of J.J. Abrams in a new regime with Lucas having sold it, and someone is not crazy about the prequels, loves the original trilogy. That was, that would have probably been enough, but it wasn't until the lead up to Ultron, seeing Ultron like seven times in the theater, and um doing a ton of podcasts around ultron and specifically side characters like yes hawkeye for sure and yes with his relationship to and her own character uh, uh the scarlet witch and her brother quicksilver but especially elizabeth olsen um who you know you guys can go back and see i have an entire elizabeth olsen podcast in 2015 they're not even that interesting i'm just like this girl's got to be big good guys just just wait just wait and now she's a huge film and television star and it, the most important i think the most important marvel character um in the next few years when talking about bringing in the x-men the fantastic four and so forth um, i save that for later and i was thrilled that we got that great second female s- superhero and i don't know why it took both men and women a while to, people never disliked this girl, a they just weren't sure what they were going to do with them, especially because in more recent portrayals, they're mutants, uh, which we will moving back to... Um, but the people did not not embrace uh, the Scarlet Witch. But when you combine that, uh, people were just so, so on Ultron, they enjoyed it, but it wasn't great. They liked the Scarlet Witch, and they lo- they continue to love everything about Scarlet Johansson. They think back to that experience that I had of seeing Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I'd seen Iron Man 3 the year before. It was okay. I'd seen the Avengers, not even in the theater. I saw the original Iron Man theater. I hadn't seen Thor 1. I hadn't seen Cap 1. But we were hearing that, like... Uh, these upstart directors of the time, the Russo brothers, uh, you know, two brothers, were like, oh, why, why can't they do it by themselves? Well, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant team, just like the Avengers. Um, and uh we will be keeping plenty of praise on them, especially as concerned May first, twenty twenty, the Black Widow movie with Scarlett Johansson. We're going to talk in a second about if you think about the major early May first week Disney releases in the Marvel uh, and Star Wars uh, universes in the last few years. Uh, It is interesting. Um, And by interesting, I mean incredibly high stakes and a billion dollars is like the low bar and they're trying to hit one and a half to three at this point. Black Widow, May 1st, 2020, Scarlett Johansson, a solo film with not a ton of support characters that we are aware of, or at least not big-name support characters that we are aware of. But the Russo Brothers with Captain America, The Winter Soldier obviously, everyone loves Anthony Mackie as Falcon, and it's a dream come true to all of us Team Cap people uh, who've loved Mackie as Falcon, for, uh, Sam Wilson, from the beginning to be getting the Bucky Falcon show. It's so perfect. People, You either get that that's a brilliant concept for a show, specifically because of the characters, more specifically because of the actors, or you don't. And if you don't, then fine. Watch something else. And that's the first thing coming after Black Widow. So we've got two Team Cap, we've got a major Team Cap movie, and then the first major uh marvel uh plus uh i'm sorry disney plus marvel you know for adults release uh is bucky and sam more team cat um and then it gets kind of crazy um but with the winter soldier in addition to Lovel Sam Wilson, and we always love Sammy J, and we always love Kobe Smolders as, as Maria Hill. Um, you know, we uh, want more of the of the Shield, is what people always say. You know, No one wants the show, but they love Shield in the movies because we did Shield in the movies so good, and then they killed Shield and Captain America: The Winter Soldier, which is what had to. Happen Even small players like Emily Van Camp, who I love as Agent 13. I know people didn't love them making out. I thought it was adorable. And the reaction of Bucky and Sam nodding in the car down the road watching. Finally, Cap get a little bit of action. Just a sweet kiss. You know, they're like, yeah, boy. So all of Team Cap, but the leaders of Team Cap, clearly, both in terms of the actual leaders on screen and in terms of the actors in The Winter Soldier, when we really created Team Cap, Cap? Natasha, and you could feel even then when Cap quote-unquote flips her, she's always a good guy, but she finally finds her soul and starts to think about herself in terms of romance, which we see with Bruce Banner, uh, You know, in terms of her friendships, in terms of starting to see the Avengers, especially when they come back together as a family and her only family that she's ever had, and I think we're going to get flashbacks uh, even if it's not a prequel movie, which I'm actually glad now that I've I've done the research, uh, it Appears, uh, but I'm sure we will get um, Scarlet Witch Ultron type uh, flashbacks to early training because Scarlet Johansson is absolutely ageless. I mean, honestly, if you put side to side photos of her on like the press tour now with her and Bill Murray um, when she won me over forever as an actress and just a, pers- a personality in Lost in Translation. I don't know what must at least 15, 16, 17 years ago. Um, the only thing is her face is a little round there cause she still got some baby fat. She's so cute back then, you know, she's, she's, she's a woman, but she's still, you know, getting into adulthood. Um, you know, that, that's how young, uh, she was, uh, Scott was born in 84, like my sister. Um, so when she filmed lost in translation, which is such a subtle movie and requires such a, a, a subtle watching, um, and like almost chill watching experience uh, Charlotte with Bill Murray in 2003 um she essentially was 19 but she was recording when she was 17 so like Haley Steinfeld and pitch perfect too you know 17 year old playing an 18 or 19 year old uh but, but in the actual adult world uh, you know and, and being more mature um in so many ways that she doesn't realize and that Bill Murray starts to realize oh, don't get me started on lost in translation Skull Johansson is a uh, child actress, if you want to be like kind of uh, definitively specific. Um, uh, but, you know, she didn't really come to notice until the late 90s and early 2000s, culminating in 2003 with Sofia Coppola's Lost in Translation with her amazing chemistry with Bill Murray. Then she was in a pretty good Woody Allen movie. And then she was in, arguably, my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. And probably my top 20 in a movie that I... (laughs) it sucks me in so much is the only reason I've avoided this commentary. This is the commentary... I haven't done a lot of commentaries in in recent times. This is the one waiting there. 2006, Christopher Nolan's The Prestige, The Dueling, uh, well, Magicians, but really Con Men and Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale, who are two of my favorite actors, and we are Batman and Wolverine, and we're amazing in those roles, but but that's my favorite role. Well, it's not my favorite Scarlet role, she fits right... In there with the prestige. And then she's in Vicky Cristina Barcelona which is agreed by most people to be one of Woody Allen's best movies. It may be his best modern movie. That's her second Woody Allen movie in case you're accounting, Um, and he's admitted that he's attracted to her, which is a little creepy given his background, but I know what he's talking about. Um, she's like amused, you know, to him and probably a lot of people. That's a big burden. Uh, I hate Vicky Cristina Barcelona because it's mostly Javier Bardem and, uh, Penelope Cruz screaming at each other. And that should be hilarious. um, But even though it's mostly in English mixed with Spanish, it is lost in translation for the bezel. But. I even love um uh, Rachel what's her name um, who's in that film the sort of the other girl uh, the other naive American girl with, with, with Scarlett you know she was in a Henry VIII movie with uh, Eric Bana who's certainly not been in much lately but Natalie Portman was the other female lead in that and that was a movie that should have been absolutely horrid but because they had Natalie Portman and Scarlett Johansson in their early prime actually committing to it not getting caught up and having perfect english accents but actually trying to work the material and bana actually being relatively laid back um uh, relative to the role actually worked um as a watching experience i probably would never go back i don't know if i would recommend it although i would say it's felix go johansson and or natalie portman and like historical uh, drama pieces at all uh I mean, it's better than The Tudors. Sorry, Papa Basil. The Tudors are so trashy. If you want a Henry VIII uh, portrayal. So here we are on the journey again, winding um, in and out and up and down, as I thought we would, with Scarlett Johansson, May 1st, 2020. Um, then she went back to Broadway. And in 2010, Johansson... As a lead in a revival of A View from the Bridge, won her a Tony Award for Best Featured Actress. And that same year was given a horrible outfit, hair, and writing in Iron Man 2, and people... That was the breaking point where we were like, oh, no, please don't beat Natalie Portman territory with the prequels. I mean, she's much older, is much different situation. It wasn't on her shoulders, but it seemed like Marvel's first stab at any sort of female superhero, even if they were teasing it for the future, was going to be stereotypical and skin deep at best. But as we talked about with twenty twelve's Avengers and twenty fourteen Captain America: The Winter Soldier, uh, which probably should be called Captain America and Black Widow versus the Winter Soldier. Um, I mean, she's a much bigger role than Gal Gadot in BVS. Even though BVS, Gal Gadot's the only redeeming part. It's twenty minutes. It's very memorable. It was clearly the best part, and we all got excited for Wonder Woman, rightly so. After she stole that uh, in twenty minutes, which is impressive, but. Scarlett never tries to steal anything. She's just an amazing actress that delivers material. And you know what? She's been in a bunch of assassin movies Black Widow. Um, which everyone agrees is spectacular. I mean, I saw it immediately with my dad in the theater with Captain America, which again was our sort of introduction or reintroduction to MCU, which you we weren't that involved with. Um, and, and we immediately like we were, were on team Chris Evans and, and Scarlett Johansson, who, I mean, how can you not love Captain America in that movie, especially starting there? Um, and we already, loved, I mean, Scarlett Johansson was an easy sell. Again, I, I probably watched less than translation five or six times in college many years before that 10 years before that probably she was in lucy which uh was very interesting it was you know luke bazan has this bizarre thing Where he's either uber kind of pretentious, like Lucy was, even though it had awesome fighting scenes, which is why it made a ton of money, and people praised it. It was 500 million worldwide on a small budget, and people widely praised Kyle Trahanson's performance, even though the the sort of philosophical stuff was half baked at best. He goes totally campy, um, like, you know, the fifth element, which is what people want, and so he tried to. Luke Bazan tried to triangulate uh, with the campiness and the pretentiousness in Valerian, uh, a movie which I initially would not watch. It looked like a, a worse Avatar. It turned out to be better than Avatar. And then it turned out that I was extremely hypnotized for some bizarre reason by the performance of uh, the uh, surprise surprise female badass co-lead who again like in Captain America was not the technical lead she wasn't Valerian but she stole all the scenes and at least as much screen time Cara Delevingne of course who I'm talking to and this is a good point to talk about how in the early years it was tough I will admit with Lost in Translation the early Scarlet movies to not be distracted by not just her beauty but her charisma and her sexiness and you know she's, she's been a sex symbol she's done a great job she's a twin uh, more fun facts from the Bizzle cast she has a male twin who um, smartly extremely smartly and I want to thank him I don't even know what his name is Mr. Scarlett Johansson's twin brother who works in the background to protect her image and like physically protect her i i have I, i've heard pretty strongly is the case but he doesn't go public whatsoever i just want to thank you uh for for everything you've done because being a sex symbol especially when you're relatively young uh is a huge burden and can as i said with uh, you know mixed reviews at best to her small uh, uneventful uh There's one way of putting it, role in Iron Man 2 to kind of do a soft intro of her, uh, in all the wrong ways, um, uh. It Could have really gotten derailed um, at, at that point, which was sort of the Natalie Portman comparison. you know Natalie Portman, from age thirteen to twenty one seemed untouchable, and in the end, she emerged untouchable, has won at least one Academy Award, but nominated for a bunch she 's won a ton of awards, major dark dramas that are all on her shoulders. Hollywood loves her. The Academy loves her. Most watchers love her. The box office seems to indicate. And now she's Thor. Re-embracing Marvel Comics. But it all started with Scarlett Johansson as having the guts to step in to what was essentially um, a, you know, Uh, a catwalk in a marvel cinematic universe universe movie i I, 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 i'm not gonna be the guy to be like oh she was way over sexualized because guys if you watch anime even good anime and this is where ghost in the shell gets mentioned because her portrayal of motoko first of all the ghost in the shell movie did okay money-wise didn't do very well review wise here but actually, the guy who wrote the original manga is the comic book, graphics novels, and that led to the movies, the TV shows, and all the other acclaim, gave it himself two thumbs up. I read the interview, and it's very, very loyal to Ghost in the Shell. The problem is Ghost in the Shell is very, very bizarre and meant to be like read as a manga or watched as anime by crazy freaks like me. Um And even Scarlett Johansson couldn't make that weirdness work. That being said, they managed to... Pull off the relatively androgynousness, androgyny of Motoko, um, the major, who seems beautiful on the surface, but when you realize her whole body is fake, other than her, you know, part of her brain, her soul, her ghost, um, that's in the shell, which is her brain, um, uh, and you start to see how she moves and stuff, uh, you know, it's almost masculine, um, very high level of difficulty, even though she's done the assassin's role. Um, because she plays each one differently as, as they're called for. Lucy was cold blooded. Um, Motoko is the, the ultimate killer, also the ultimate soldier, but the ultimate good guy. But she doesn't know about her past. Her memory's been wiped. She doesn't know how much. Um, and, and that's important, uh, to her identity. Um, that is related to Black Widow. And I think doing Ghost in the Shell was a way of Scarlett Johansson, um, I don't think she was sending a signal to Marvel, but she was saying, I'm so great in the assassin role where I can play things with my body, but especially my face and my subtle deliveries and acting performances. I happen to be looking to the side. I had to put a Captain America, the Winter Soldier just to the side. I haven't been watching it, but I turned to my favorite scene, everyone's favorite scene where they're in the truck they stole and they're talking about how you might be in the wrong business Rogers. And there's this vacant look, vacant look in, in black widow's eyes where she goes, what do you want me to be? And about 20 minutes from now, they'll barely survive a hydro bombing after learning the truth about Hydra and shield and that the people they've been working for is bullshit and they have to trust each other in the ultimate way to save each other's lives. And that's the point where um, literally watching them get to the, the fort right now. Back, okay. Back to the computer. Uh, Um, that's literally the turning point of, uh, of Black Widow. And I think part of the reason they're saying this is after civil war and not after, um, Winter Soldier is that you know Hydra and Shield were supposed to be gone for a while, but immediately they'd already been planning it with Ultron, there had to be some Shield Hydra stuff. Uh, and so you know, Shield is reformed and Hydra makes an appearance like a year later, basically. I guess they're hunting Hydra and Ultron at the beginning. This amazing uh, early scene is the point. Um, but even though when you go back and watch Scarlett Johansson um, as Natasha Romanoff, uh, aka the Black Widow, in the original Avengers, she has more screen time, but with her subtle performance, and just, she is, look, she's a five out of five star actress, in my opinion, because she always delivers, regardless of the movie, regardless of the role, in my opinion. But even saying that, she knows how to lay in the cut. Now, Chris Evans as a lead, because they keep adding, you know, like Civil War had like a thousand other characters, but supposedly a Captain America movie. Still felt like a Captain America movie. Chris Evans as a lead knows how to lay in the cut. Natasha as sort of, again, the, one of the two humans, not the original four, big four, blah, 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 blah who cares? No one cares about that anymore. But it used to be a thing that it was like, yeah, Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, and then on the right there is Hawkeye and natasha and they're cool whatever blah 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 they've got good chemistry together oh yeah everyone's still talking about budapest seven years later i think that worked thank you joss whedon thank you marvel for the continuity setting it up thank you for setting up uh, jeremy renner's family situation and natasha's love of his family which informed her final her final sacrifice among other things even though people hated on the family farm stuff and now everyone loves Hawkeye and they want the series um you, you know um I, uh, I, I've been hard on Marvel in in recent years because I don't love cosmic Marvel. And if you've noticed, I basically, um, talked about team cap, uh, this whole time. And I include team Wakanda, uh, which I always thought Wakanda and cap cap would go through Wakanda and Wakanda would go through cap, or black Panther, I should say that's how they set it up in the in Ultron that's how they really set it up in Civil War um and the end of Civil War and then obviously in Avengers Infinity War when they fight together it's glorious but I, I always thought that that's what would happen and so it was Winter Soldier Star Wars and Black Panther um but mostly Winter Soldier and Black Panther that, that got this podcast going but I I don't want to say that I've, I've resented the somewhat lack of attention of Natasha as black widow because i often say scarlett johansson gets what you wants, um and i say that because you know i'm an out and out partisan zealot uh for scar joe uh just in general um uh and so i am innately subjectively gonna think something like that it might be underappreciated but she is a fighter man and when i say she gets what she wants it's not like i want this now hire this person. It's she has career trajectory arcs and plans that this Black Widow movie it wasn't like I'm going to do it I'm not going to do it I'm going to do it I'm not going to do it Hey let's cash in on the Avengers you know now that to complete that thought and that circle now that everyone sees Natasha and Hawkeye as full Avengers and we've proven the Infinity War the second to the last movie made two billion which is great. Um, but it was mostly focused on Strange and Spider Man and the newer characters, as, as Maddie G and others have pointed out on the podcast and elsewhere. And they uh, specifically w- were focusing on the original six. You know, plus you got to have Captain Marvel because she's a new hotness. But also, like Ant Man and Scarlet Witch were, you know, almost originals at this point when you go back chronologically and how important they've become. But mostly the original six. And we got our Hulk stuff. We got amazing Fat Thor stuff. We got unbelievable past, present, and future Iron Man and Captain America stuff on all levels. But we we the saddest scene in the movie that continues to be sadder because of how subtle it is and all the levels that it's said is the scene where Natasha and Clint are apparently being competitive. They know the stakes. There, there's no way in their minds they're going to let the other one being best friends forever and him being the one to turn her. Which I hope we see in a flashback or some some way um, in the new movie. Him turning her and bringing her to shield w- when she was just a rogue KGB agent, as far as we know. Um, uh, <laughs> but in, in, all of us in the audience knowing, you know, one of them was going to have to die. Um, and to work back to May 1st, 2020, because I put off the main movies, which we need to talk about ASAP. But, really quick, it's Black Widow's Death. I'm not going to say it's cushioned by the new movie. Um I was... I found it distasteful or just not fully baked at the time. But even when I did a podcast that night with Maddie G talking it out with them, by the end, i had convinced myself it was brilliant and tragic and actually very fitting into her. Um, but that being said, when the competition started, I knew the competition was starting already, um, which maybe a lot of people did. Um, but I knew she would win because she always wins. She's That's her thing. She wins even in losing or even in sacrificing in the end. Um, and she's a fighter, and that's what I'm saying, and Scarlett Johansson is a fighter. Now, do I think she definitively said yay, nay, or even maybe uh, three, five, seven, ten years ago about the possibility of a Black Widow solo movie? Um, She's too smart to not be thinking about it. I mean, you don't get roles... Multiple roles from Woody Allen, Christopher Nolan, Sofia Coppola, you know, a a, a, let's put it this way, co-lead in Captain America the Winter Soldier. I I think if you look at the original Avengers, and certainly all the other Avengers movies, she's, you know, treated like an equal, which she is. In fact, her and Hawkeye should be revered, because they're the human ones. That's that's the whole thing people don't understand about comics. Like, Hulk and Thor are cool, and they're great actors and characters, but it's all, you know, I mean, the, the... the two people who died were Tony Stark and, uh, and Natasha. And they were, they were the humans. They're the ones who were really sacrificing. And there's no coming back for them. Um, except in the movies. Um, but Scarlett Johansson is a fighter. She's never had to face a major, um, uh, controversy because she's so clean herself and clean living. I just mean, uh, not like drug habits. Uh, I mean, she seems clean in general, but she's clean living. Uh, she was even married to the super hot and super famous Ryan Reynolds. Um, this was pre-Deadpool, but still, they had a three-year marriage. That could have been horrible. She's married to a French guy until 2017, uh, who uh, she has a daughter with, three years, divorce. That could have been horrible. He's a French businessman. No problem. I think it's her twin. And I just need to bring up... Scarlett Ingrid Johansson, born in New York City, uh, uh, borough of Manhattan, on November uh, 22nd, 1984. Um, Her last name is Johansson, and you wouldn't think of it. She looks kind of, you know, Northern European, you know, Aryan, gorgeous, chiseled, Scandinavian, and and her dad is from Denmark, but... Her mother, Melanie Sloan, is a Jewish from Poland and Russia, which is where my people are from, um, and, uh, her twin brother, Hunter, she has a couple other siblings, half-brother, she even has Danish citizenship, um, attended public school, you know, straight A's all the way, her parents divorced, and she was raised by her mom, and, you know, uh, If you've listened to this podcast ever um, and you agree with me, you would agree that men throughout history, with their power uh, power roles um, have caused way more problems than women, Um, but even in current societies where we're trying to promote equality between men and women, like in a divorce, what do you do with the kids, more often than not, if someone gets stuck with the kids or wants to get stuck with the kids because of the maternal instinct. That's the advantage. It's the woman. And indeed her mother, um, uh, took over, uh, the family situation when her parents got divorced, she was doing talent agency stuff, uh, theater commercials. She worked with Ethan Hawke very early on. Um, uh, she played John Ritter's daughter in North in 1994. Uh, she was in. She's always in roles, significant roles of significant movies, whether they're great or not is a different thing. But they're significant movies with great casts. Like immediately, they recognized her star potential. Scarlett Johansson is an openly Jewish woman, and um, I think I found out that she was Jewish a while ago. And then kind of forgot about it. And then, you know, with her last 10 years, you know, I mean, it's not a resurgence because she was doing amazing Woody Allen and Christopher Nolan movies, but like her boost to like A plus status in terms of celebrity, um, I I certainly had remembered thinking she was Jewish. I'm, you know, fully Jewish. She's on her mom's side, who she was raised by, um, and she has... um, Uh, been very open um, as a woman you know in many societies if you're that famous and that powerful you might want to just not talk about it but the fact that we can have people like her talk about this in our society is the one thing that's giving me hope with all of these fascists um, organizing violent rallies throughout the country right now. We won't talk about that. Hopefully, if you're listening to this and with me this long, you're aware of what I'm talking about. Um, But... uh, Scarlett is very open about being sort of culturally Jewish, which is how people like myself, you know, secular, but still identify as being Jewish people in my life uh, from college and camp and and elsewhere identify, you know, as culturally Jewish. It's important to our culture, to identity. Um, It's not as much a religion. Um, And she gets involved in causes. I mean, she supported John Kerry. She was in the Barack Obama "Yes We Can" video. Yes, she was, guys. Check it out. Scarlett Johansson was in "Yes We Can." Oh, Will I am. God bless you. The "Yes We Can" video. It cannot. It cannot be uh, under uh, overstated how, how important that was culturally. Even if that wasn't the thing that actually swung the election, what it represented, and looking how things are now, um, but still gives me hope. She was very open in endorsing Hillary Clinton. Another very strong woman who I also support and have supported and commun- uh, worked with Whedon. Uh, Joss Whedon, my favorite director, the director of Avengers and Firefly. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., uh, who's Iron Man, and others. Uh, Chris Pine, I believe, in the Hillary Clinton videos. She spoke at the March on Washington, specifically attacking Donald Trump. And you know what? She's even in my Middle East politics because while well, I have family in Israel, and I've talked about this in the politics, uh, the podcast occasionally, not because I'm avoiding it, because my statements on this are, are very open in public, uh, if slightly controversial, I guess, uh, since college, as you can look at my college writings like 15 years ago, which is, I've lived in Israel, I speak Hebrew, I have tons of actual family in Israel, I have lots of adoptive family in Israel, I have tons of friends in Israel, I kind of support the idea of Israel, but it's a reality, but I'm very, very left-wing, and, you know, while I believe terrorism is a thing, and the fact that Jews have been targeted, again, the fact that we have Natalie Portman, uh, Gal Gadot, uh, um, Scarlett Johansson uh Haley steinfeld you know just made her first trip to israel god what a young uh huge star singer and uh, actress so talented is, is Haley steinfeld and she's sticking with the steinfeld day god it's so it's so ballsy i love that you know scarlett johansson you're like oh yeah there's no way she's jewish you know jews run hollywood they don't act actually guys uh mila kunis might have heard of her rachel weiss uh there's, there are a lot uh, of Jews uh, in all parts of Hollywood, but we've certainly, especially with women, been uh, pushed more to the forefront in the acting uh, side of things. Uh, Carrie Fisher, uh, obviously. Um, uh, and uh, so when she found out that uh, a... Um, uh, an Oxfam uh, um, Israel-Palestinian thing that she thought was progressive, that she was involved with, uh, was maybe working with settlements in the West Bank, which people like me, I don't want to starve anybody, um, but but openly supporting like big corporations that are based in illegal, what are clearly illegal. Set. I mean, the people aren't illegal and this is what makes me nervous is the Israelis. uh, Here I go. The Arabs think the Israelis are illegal for even being there and vice versa. And everyone just needs to stop and say, we're all living here. Let's just shut up and figure out a way to deal with each other until we like each other eventually, because that's going to happen or we're all going to die. And so I'm a peacenik and she's kind of a peacenik, but she's to watch herself being an open Jew and being, a ginormous star and friends with people like Bono and so forth who, who, who are involved with Oxfam. Anyways, she um, uh, she resigned her position in 2014 when she found out it was the Israeli settlements uh, were involved. Oh, I'm sorry uh, she because she was working for Oxfam, uh, they they have a very human rights left wing human rights position when it comes to Israel, uh, which most human rights groups do and that is fine because I mostly support that. Um, And the bottom line is, you know, she's very practical in her public image. And, you know, now we're seeing Natalie Portman for the last two years, Emma Watson for the last two or three years... I mean, these women are amazing. They've always spoken out, but now they've devoted their lives to to activism full on. And you know what? Carl Johansson is never going to do that. But she supported every Democratic candidate since 2004 openly. She joins causes that she thinks are helping people. She leaves them when she thinks they're not helping anymore. They're helping the wrong people or in the wrong way. She says she dislikes when celebrities thank God or Jesus in their acceptance speeches, which is what I think a lot of us Jews and non-Christians think. Uh, But she said it Um, And she's even criticized Woody Allen for his perversion and bizarre family situation, even though he, uh, I mean, Sofia Coppola with Lost in Translation has to get the first billing, but in terms of really blowing her up as like an A plus actual actress, not just a celebrity or star, has to go to Woody Allen um, with a slight assist of you know, uh, her in prestige, which is one of my favorite movies and she's great in it, but she's not a major character and she's not even in it that long. Um, but she just lays in the cut. Ladies and gentlemen, laying in the cut has now translated into May 1st, 2020. Now I, I, I shouldn't take for granted as we finally get to the movies and I'll do my, uh, My my final thoughts on on this for now, because I want to talk more specifically on the movie, but I really wanted to highlight Scarlett Johansson um, and and the momentousness of her as an actress, but specifically Black Widow um, and the way that she's not been a passive recipient um, and or dissident and, you know, and or interpreter she's been a collaborator on this character. It's not like she's been writing lines all the time, although I would not be shocked if she had some creative input on her own movie, um, uh, especially because we know that she's got the brains to do so. By the way, her, um, arguably the greatest start-to-finish voice-only performance with uh, her, the AI, the perky <laughs> AI bot, Samantha, uh, for Joaquin Phoenix's <laughs> bizarrely but somehow lovable weird character uh, in, the, in the near future, Spike Jones her one of my favorite movies um it's sort of a feel it's sort of a dark ai movie that turns out to be a feel-good movie but then when you think about the philosophical ramifications of it you start to question whether uh, it loads. with this way it's not ex machina in terms of how dark and violent and and disturbing it is but the ramifications of the ai stuff if you think about it eh, mm -mm, just go watch those movies ex machina her think about it she's won a million awards Um, She's done it all. The last thing I can say about her in terms of importance is that she somehow owes us a Black Widow movie. And the fact that anyone who didn't consider her a 1A, one of their favorite Avengers already before the final movies... Um, Which, by the way, I don't think happened because of Winter Soldier, even though she wasn't in a lot of Civil War, her dual relationships with Black Panther and Cap, again, Cap running through Black Panther and vice versa storytelling, world-building, everything. I'm still talking about the Earthbound Avengers. I'm not talking about cosmic stuff. You know what I love. Um, but she was very, uh, very important and effective, uh, both in terms of the plot and the character development that they were able to get done in that big, epic, somewhat bloated uh, and weirdly paced but still great movie, Captain America Civil War. So people were already on board. But anyways, 2019, Avengers Endgame. She jumps off a cliff to save... Uh, her best friend and his family and the universe um, with everything she's been through um, having gone through a full moral journey. If you start with the Avengers, which was her first major appearance, uh, it's, a, it's a seven year um, journey um, with uh, four Avengers movies, two Captain America movies. Um, and um, I mean, what more needs to be said? I mean, if you're in four. If you're featured in four Avengers movies and Captain America movies, you're either Chris Evans or you're Scarlett Johansson. And the fact that Captain America. Uh, even though Iron Man started as the money maker in the original, and God bless Robert Johnny Jr., and that was a brilliant idea to start with Iron Man. I read Iron Man growing up. I never saw Iron Man being a film tentpole ever. It was like not an even easy comic to find. I also read The X-Men, which were huge growing up. When they've not been succeeding, Iron Man's making a million dollars. But by the time The Winter Soldier came around, and between the first two Avengers movies, and then going forward to the Civil War, and him versus Tony, I mean... The, the cap shirts were just everywhere, and people will tell you they'll go to the box office to see anything with Robert Downey Jr., as we all will, and God bless him, Tony Stark. But he's better in the Avengers movies, and he's definitely great in Captain America Civil War. Arguably, with a little bit more screen time, if they had just gone full Cap versus Iron Man movie and made him a co lead, I think he might have gotten nominated, Robert Downey Jr. Maybe not. Um,. Uh, but it's certainly that caliber of performance and, and, and memorable and complicated And you want to kill him But you understand where he's coming from And that's how Cap feels And people realize that we want to be Tony Stark Who's rich and good looking And and also gives money to charity But also is married to Gwyneth Paltrow But also has a flying suit uh, You know, Batman, but way cooler and, and sleeker and public about it And it's not even hiding it Um, but they realized that they agreed with captain America. And that's why when they're eating pancakes at the end of winter soldier, or I should say before the, the the final major giant helicarrier battle with Bucky and so forth and Hydra, they're at Sam Wilson's house on the run. Uh, They get the reveal about who Falcon really is. And captain America was like, you said you, you were a pilot. And he's like, I never said pilot. Um, and they're eating pancakes and drinking orange juice and talk about Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D. And Scarlet is just so cute throughout the movie. And that was the flip. It started in her approach to Hawkeye in their short scenes together. And even in her recruitment of Banner and her short relationship with Cats America and the Avengers, but in the Winter Soldier, they realized, wow, Scarlet Trans is beautiful and sexy. Why don't we actually play to her what I think Bizzle, personal, we will never see it because she's so good at hiding her private life as she should be i think she's probably kind of cute and perky among her own friends in real life it's just too real and even if it's not that's been her strength since lost in translation it, people didn't fall in love with her or just fall in love with her in lost in translation because she was this gorgeous sexy beautiful young actress that's true but she still kind of looked like a girl then you know like she still kind of had chubby cheeks like Jennifer Lawrence in her early movies you know still beautiful but you know kind of young it was their cuteness Um, I mean Jennifer Lawrence's cuteness I don't know if cute is the right word for it there's this very sincere endearingness about Jennifer Lawrence uh about her how public she is it's contrasted to how not public scarlett johansson is uh that's fine they have different personalities and i think that's great and i think both of them have done great work i would take Scarlett johansson because she never mails anything in um whether it's a major property or, or, or not she's always five out of five stars with the material she gets and like i said scarlett johansson gets what she wants. she normally gets great material And so when they up to the cute factor, um, even before she has that conversation with Cap I described earlier, where she's kind of vacant and she says, What do you want me to be? and she's sort of acting like she's in the gray and she's you know working for the good guys but she's not a real good guy but we know she's a good guy and Cap does but she, they need to be tested and that's the brilliance of Winter Soldier she's tested over and over over again and by the end they don't need to say anything she's fully on Team Cap and that's why I, the, the the main thing that threw me off of Civil War was not good guys punching each other again three months after Batman v Superman uh, which was pu- good guys punching each other which I hated uh, now Marvel was doing it with more characters I didn't love that I didn't love the big CG airport battle which was obvious a cgi airport battle and just looked flat to me uh and with jokes that seemed ill-timed and misplaced that's a big major flaw of that movie in in my opinion but the fact that they were billing her as uh team stark and not team cab after everything they'd gone through in winter soldier and then ultron and what was implied in between um but i always thought she would turn and so when she when she stops uh t'challa at the end who's trying to stop bucky and, and cap from getting away from the airport and following tony to russia and blah 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 blah, blah um uh I, I i didn't predict that particular turn but i always felt like natasha was working on the inside and she plays it great when you re civil war that's the thing rewatchability with Carl johansson you notice subtle ticks on her face and her delivery Again, I was going into Civil War thinking she's either deliberately working on the inside for Team Cap, or she just knows which way the wind is blowing, which is sort of what she says, and she's biding her time until she gets to make... What is arguably her first major right decision? I mean, she takes down the Black Panther, the morally, you know, uh, uncompromising, you know, ultimate good guy, even with this complicated story in Black, in the movie Black Panther. T'Challa, you know, goes against him, goes against Tony, who she had to wear loyalty to, who he, of course, dumbly realizes in the end he should have never trusted her in the first place. Um, uh, but look who's on the other side. I mean, it's Hawkeye her best friend it's uh you know it's it's a scarlet witch uh, very unstable but promising and good-hearted young woman in wanda maximoff who she helped train and we see at the beginning of that movie it's captain america who made her a good person started you know even though it didn't work out with bruce banner like even the thought of a romance of something like that working out never have happened without the turn in captain america the winter soldier and so that's the most interesting part of the movie when you go back from a character standpoint. Let's talk about the May movies of <laughs> uh, of, of Disney, etc. in May. Um, I'm not going to do every year, and some of them are April, like Captain America the Winter Soldier. But since, let us say, um, Iron Man in 2008, we've had two Iron Man movies, all four Avengers movies... Captain America: The Winter Soldier was technically April. It was basically an early May release. Captain America: Civil War, May release. Guardians One was in August and broke all the August records because of how crazy and brilliant and hilarious it was. But of course, they were going to do a Guardians Two in early May, which I believe was 2017 um they shoved han solo into late may which is also where they shoved x-men dark phoenix and that always fails because now they've been giving us deadpool black panther and captain marvel and even movies like john wick in february in march um and so as opposed to starting the summer movie season in early may now it's capping it off Uh, no pun intended um and that's why the the Black Panther leading into Infinity War and, and Captain Marvel leading into Endgame strategy was brilliant. But whereas the Black Panther in this country, the love of Black Panther and T'Challa, Wakanda, Shuri, and so forth, definitely helped boost um both before during and after infinity war uh, on all levels financial critical uh just cultural and and otherwise which is shown by the fact that black panther actually outgrossed uh domestically infinity war which made way more money overseas because it's the avengers and things like black panther and wonder woman and even star wars don't make sense to people in the non-english speaking world quite as much um i won't go into the subtleties of that it mostly has to do with china uh, China loves the Avengers. They love big, bright movies with mostly male stars up front, uh, including Fast and Furious and Aquaman and so forth. So those movies do great. But Black Panther beat Infinity War, which came out a few months later, um, even though it, it, the hype and, and, and just how amped people were after Black Panther got people that much more amped for Infinity War. Still won domestically and captain marvel beat captain america civil war which was three years before essentially and was captain marvel was what what february march of this year uh and then you had Captain civil war in like may of of 2016 okay and that movie you have captain america the winter soldier falcon iron man war machine black widow hawkeye the scarlet witch Ant-Man, the Spider-Man introduction, which is a classic, all-time great set of scenes with Marissa Tombay, Tom Holland, and and Robert Downey Jr. from that movie. One of the many parts that makes it worth watching that movie uh, over and over again, um, or at least occasionally. Um, You know, and it made $1.1 billion, and it seemed like underperforming. Um, But it had come after Deadpool, which was sort of making fun of and also resetting people's expectations about comic book movies and then batman and superman which you know completely unintentionally mocked uh, uh, also mocked superhero movies just for being horrible lifeless humorless and just boring long nonsensical and a total total waste of acting talent um but that's another story <laughs> sorry dc fans i love wonder woman um captain marvel either beat or got close to it okay so brie larson who is known among film aficionados for being in award-winning movies and like weird you know side comedies and, and blah, indie movies blah 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 blah, blah. um not <laughs> natalie portman or scholar johansson you know in 2019 with Captain Marvel, which is a very bizarre, somewhat teeny, but very good, um, a comic on a character that's morphed a lot, is based on Kelly Sue Connects, Last I don't know six, seven, eight years, a comic book, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, Cara Danvers, Supergirl, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. You can explain it to me. I have no idea. That made 1.1 billion dollars. And yes. It is in a time when, uh, you know, uh, not just women, uh, but people who support women's rights, liberation, uh, not just liberation, but like empowerment as men or women or otherwise, or just, you know, non-men, let's put it that way, being upfront, whether it's movies or businesses or political causes or, or politics in general. Uh, it, you know, it did come at a p- certain political point, but unlike Black Panther, which, like, powered up the superpower energy of Infinity War, I think Captain Marvel was people so stoked for Endgame, partially, and they knew that Carol was going to be a part of it, and Breeze won an Oscar, and she, you know, beautiful and appealing, and people were like, okay, we'll give this a chance. And I didn't think it was a very good movie, but I didn't think it was worse than the Ant-Man movies, Doctor Strange, pretty much all the origin stories, Guardians 2, Thor Ragnarok, Thor Dark World... I thought I would, after an hour of talking about Scarlett Johansson and her place in Black Widow's place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, come to some big pronouncement about all this. But I think if you're with me this long and you've been listening to what I've sang, i have saying, I don't really need to. So the best thing I can do is frame it thusly, and I'll let you go with a parting thought, and we'll revisit this when some more details come out, which is, this is the Avengers movie this year. If you go all the way back... Um, they quote unquote only made eight hundred million with the Winter Soldier, but it was very dark. It was in April. People hadn't totally fallen in love with Chris Evans yet. And then a couple years later, they made it—you know—over a billion with, with Civil War, maybe slightly less than they wanted to, but still over a billion. And since then, uh, you know, the Avengers movies, whether it's Joss Whedon or the Russos, make between one and a half and three billion. Literally every single one. Black Panther and Captain Marvel, which came out earlier in the year, which is starting to be a very, very, very profitable time for films like that. Um, uh, those movies went made well over a billion. Guardians of the Galaxy you know, $800 million, I think that's what it deserved uh, in the sense of, I didn't think it was a very good movie, uh, it wasn't their best effort, and uh, it was so clearly trying to be the Guardians of the Galaxy feel-good early May movie that it just became too self-referential and collapsed under its own way of uh, just, um, you know, n- not the same level of writing, which happened in Thor 2, which happened in Iron Man 2, you know, Cap 2, the fact that Cap 2's you know, not only the best cat movie, but my personal favorite of the solo movies, and maybe my personal favorite of all the movies, in terms of the one I watch the most and love from beginning to end, even more than the Avengers. I mean, it's Avengers 1 and Cap, uh, Winter Soldier at the top, uh, both which have a ton of Natasha, and they're among my favorite scenes, uh, and then Ultron and some others, you know, right after that. And Guardians 1 is, is up there as well, the other Avengers movies. Um, but, you know, that second effort can be tough. I don't think there's going to be a second effort with the Black Widow movie. So I want to point out again, this is the Avengers in terms of money and hype, okay? There's no more not going to be Black Widow toys in the stores, not enough Black Widow comics, okay? Uh, Marvel is very dysfunctional as a company between the movie, the television, the comics, and so forth, but they need to find a way to make an effort and have Disney get rid of the Perlmutter, this Trump-loving scumbag who still has a hand in all this. Give Kevin Feige, who runs the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it is obviously super progressive. Hello, Tessa Thompson in the Female Avengers with Gamora and the flying horse and sword and Endgame. Uh, you know, he, he he's been waiting to. And I want to take a moment here at the end to praise Kevin Feige, uh, the the brains behind the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, as um, I'm going to give him the the, the credits uh, for not trying to push females and minorities too early, too often, which is such a horrible, lame and offensive and disturbing excuse for so many things in our society. But with Scarlett Johansson being the first and then really kicking down the door with Chadwick Bozeman and really all of Team Wakanda and Black Panther um, and Rhodey, of course, and Falcon, you know, I mean, monumental as well. But, you know, the Black Widow is an assassin and, uh, you know, she sneaks around and all of a sudden she's right there with a gun in your face. That is Scarlet is Black Widow, you know she was good, and then she was really good, and then all of a sudden she was great and you loved her, and she died you wanted to just you 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 couldn't believe that such a horrible thing could happen um even if you weren't you know totally a thousand percent on board with black widow as Again, I must admit, I was, but it was interesting watching the progression with other people. And everyone ended up loving her if they didn't already. I think they loved her earlier than I thought and they thought. And it just came out in the last two Avengers movies, especially the final one. And that's such a beautiful thing. And that's why it's May 1st, 2020. Because not only do they think they can make a billion dollars... Which, first of all, by the way, there's no way they're dropping 250 on a, sm- a relatively small Black Widow movie, even if it's their f- featured movie. Yes, there'll be some big action sequences, but I'm thinking one, you know, eight, 75, 180, um, with reshoots in, in CGI and so forth. Um, and so they only need to make Wonder. That's what Wonder Woman was, and that's why Wonder Woman was such a huge success. Not just because she's Wonder Woman, and God bless Gal Gadot, she can't do anything wrong as far as I'm concerned. On or off screen, um, but Wonder Woman making eight hundred million plus, especially with over four hundred domestically. Which, by the way, is still more than Aquaman and all other DC movies. Wonder Woman still holds the crown for domestic money um, I mean, the, the new DC movies by far. Um, you know, but you know, obviously, all of us go, c- coming out for it and then it being awesome and us wanting to resee it, you know, played a huge part in it. And so I remember seeing Wonder Woman and being like. I kind of feel bad for Scarlett Johansson because she's been, you know, between a a, a B and an A minus, um, not in terms of quality, obviously, if you've been following, she's spectacular pretty much always. Um, uh, but th- th- that's the wrong terminology. You know, like I said, she was like a one a Avenger or that's how she was treated or perceived. But again, I dare you to go back to the movies and then think about your own experience and not be like, you know what? I actually, whether I realized or not, like, Natasha was one of my faves before, like, I kind of realized it happened. Like, Spider-Man, you know everyone's gonna love. And on the other end, you get Captain Marvel, which, like, could have totally bombed and no one saw Brie Larson as Captain Marvel this total, which I didn't even think was a very good movie. Again, guys, I I, I like fewer than... uh, I love fewer than 50% of the Marvel movies. I see most, if not all of them. I see all of them at least once or twice. Um, but my let's just say my top 10 are quite separate from the other 15. But that will have to be um, another uh, another podcast. In the middle, you have Black Widow. You're going, oh, she should have her own movie. And But I was listening back, and I'll leave you guys on this. I was listening back to my... Um, uh, one of my podcasts with Ethan, uh, aka L underscore Fadorable, who I do video games with, but we like to talk Avengers and stuff. Um and it came up at the end of one of our podcasts we were t- reacting to Endgame but my, especially the, one of my favorite podcasts was well, unfortunately the last one I've done with Matty G I, I have hope and faith that there will be more coming um, but we did an amazing two and a half hour uh, vi- for my end at least very emotional because I just come from the theater essentially he had seen it a few days earlier um, for Endgame um, in which I, I talked to myself out of hating Sco- the, the death of Black Widow um, in terms of how it was portrayed and then, kind of loving it by the end. Just, from an artistic and, and tragic Shakespearean kind of sh- standpoint, um, it, it was just a great, a great back and forth between um, uh, between me and Matt. Um, but you know, the way you know at that point, Hawkeye and Natasha were being talked about on the same as everyone else. And I think the three billion dollars when you w- of the final movie, whether you focus on the original six as opposed to the two billion. Yes, it's the final movie. It's the return of the King thing. It's the final battle, blah, blah, blah. But you know, a lot of those movies like star Wars, the matrix have decreasing quality and people don't come out. Um, and so you still have to make an amazing film that ties everything together for 11 years, 25 movies or whatever. And you make Natasha and Clint, a huge part of it, regardless of, of your sort of relationship as a film watcher to them uh, in the past. Um and it was just it was just very natural. Um, they were no longer one A. They've never been one A. In that podcast, we we had heard rumors that Black Widow was happening, but it was like only like a couple weeks later after the movie had been out for a couple weeks that it was confirmed. That someone spotted her like filming, you know, what was clearly a Marvel movie in in Europe somewhere, maybe Scandinavia or something like that. I don't know. It's probably supposed to be Russia. I'm assuming oh, Budapest. Who knows? Um, but uh. Uh, I had already convinced myself at that point that like, you know what? As I've said, Scarlet Transient normally gets what she wants. And maybe she had just been like, we missed the opportunity. Me and Matt agreed on the podcast almost as if we read each other's minds. The perfect time to have done it was after the winter soldier in terms of storytelling where she gets the red marks off her ledger. But you know what? How You know, they're describing the new movie takes place after civil war. Where she's still done some bad stuff and still dealing with it, and she wants to get red marks off her ledger. So we're basically getting that movie just set chronologically later for convenience sake and, and other reasons. Um, and it wasn't going to be feasible with Ultron coming, you know, a year after Cap and then immediately Civil War um uh and then having to build up to the final two movies with black panther guardians and all these other giant properties it wasn't gonna be possible to to do it then um but i don't think Scarlett wanted to do it i mean if i think if if scarlett johansson had put her foot down and was like i'm not doing civil war or future avengers movies unless you at least consider doing a movie for me they would have had to consider it i don't think she ever did it i think they were always on the same wavelength they were like let's see how this pans out And the fact that these were filming already uh, during uh, the release in watching, you know, initial watching in the theaters of, of Avengers Endgame shows that they've been planning this at least two years, probably three or four. So my guess is this idea hatched post-Civil War 2016, they had the realization Maddie and I had, which was, man, that would have been a cool story to do after Hydra fell and she had to get a new identity. Well, she kind of has to get a new identity, at least temporarily, um, in Civil War, and she's still dealing with the consequences of Ultron and Winter Soldier, so the Red Ledger uh, thematically stuff still works. I think we're going to get some flashbacks. I think we're going to get some Hawkeye, um, Budapest stuff, um, and uh, I think it's as the first movie, but then immediately we get Bucky and Winter Soldier on, on Marvel Plus uh, not much later in the year um, as their first major offering. You know, it's Team Cap. I mean, they have so much relationship with each other. They love each other, those characters, basically. Um, uh, you know... Um, and, and of course that was what was so brilliant how they portrayed Winter Soldier was that they saw how much Cap loves Bucky and so they could be really scared of the Winter Soldier. She's very scared at times um, and they you know, very intimidated, but they never hate the Winter Soldier because they can just see it on Cap's face and that's what Cap does. And so while I always thought there'd be a Cap 4 movie I'll leave you guys here. It turns out that the Cap 4 4 movie or the Avengers 5 movie, both in terms of money, but in terms of star power, in terms of importance, and certainly in terms of that early May date, May 1st, 2020, the name of this podcast, turns out the fourth Cap movie is actually the black widow movie and this is in this is sort of the rogue one thing where it's like we know what happens before chronologically we definitely know what happens after she dies a few years later and so it's just pure character building and character interaction um which is what made rogue one so great space battle amazing darth vader amazing all the plans they go to spectacular the sexual tension between diego luda and felicity jones off off the charts all the side characters they've all been won you know uh, academy awards in their various countries of origin uh rogue one is a perfect spectacular movie but it's about the characters ultimately and that's what makes that it's so important going back to the avengers and her tricking loki at least temporarily to get the information and so forth is that she doesn't have while well, she's an amazing hand-to-hand fighter, her and Gamora, I think, are the two best. Um, that would be an interesting scrap. Uh, but, she, but Gamora is enhanced. So in terms of pure humans, I think she's the best hand-to-hand fighter. She's certainly the smartest and the scrappiest. And I love that at the end of all the Avengers movies, um, well, certainly Avengers 1 and Winter Soldier, when she <laughs> infiltrates uh, uh, with the council and uh, Hydra and so forth with the with the Mission Impossible mask, she's, she's always contributing in ways that's not just guns. And ultimately... Guns are her third best skill. Her second best skill is her brains. But I'll leave you with this. It turned out Natasha Romanoff cold as ice, black leather, won't give you a smile, won't even look at you that it seemed it was going to is cute, sweet actually loves people and wants to be accepted by them and because not because Cap caused it but Cap catalyzed what was deeply buried, which is she has a great heart, despite being raised as an assassin. Cap brings it out of her, and it it just snowballs and snowballs and snowballs. And the fact that we're going to watch this movie, which... Chronologically, will take place a few years ago because you know in the chronology she dies in 2019, I suppose. Although with the time travel, who fucking knows? Um, but in their minds, you know, in the Avengers' minds that are still alive and around in this in this time continuum, she's dead. Uh, and this takes place a few years ago. And so knowing that, I think will will liberate people to up- And this is the this is the brilliant thing and why they I'm glad they're not doing a straight prequel. Just watch Scarlett Johansson perform and be the Black Widow. Scarlett Johansson, May 1st, 2020. She's being treated like Wakanda and Black Panther, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and the entire squad of Avengers in terms of the date of release, the hype of it launching the next phase, um, and, and pretty much every other metric, measurable and immeasurable. Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, May 1st, 2020. Like much of our political involvement, it's sort of center left. Uh, Like the radicals will be like, oh, this should have happened years ago. But you know what, guys? It's happening now. And enjoy it. And don't overanalyze it. You know? We've had Wonder Woman. We've had Captain Marvel. You know? In some ways, it takes the pressure off. Um, And because we're getting the sort of reverse origin story where we're filling in the blanks as opposed to an origin story or even a secondary origin story, uh, we're just filling in the blanks of a series of events. Between uh, you know, Winter Soldier, Ultron, Civil War, and the Final Avengers movies, and Black Panther, like there's so much stuff that went on that was just implied. You know, like how did Cap get there in the train station to save Wanda and Vision? You know, blah 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 blah. Are we gonna see Chris Evans in there? I think we might. I mean, they're they're gotta get asses in the seats, people. I think Renner for sure, especially with the Hawkeye series, and especially with the Bucky Sam stuff. I don't know if they'll do Bucky Sam in the movie. They want to overexpose them because they have their own show. But some of Team Cap Or just Team Natasha Has to be there I think Renner makes an appearance That's not super publicized I think Captain America Leading up to it, it Will be revealed Quote unquote You know A secret that Revealed that, that Chris Evans Is in this movie They are friends Because they've been acting Since they were young She's been acting Since she was really young Younger than Chris Evans But there's adorable photos And video, little video clips You can find online Of them In like early Like sitting in The waiting room of like auditions for the same movie or like two movies that were filming by the same studio or whatever, and then just like hanging out or whatever. They've been friends for years. They're extremely close. They did not have to act much. Uh, you know, once Natasha and Steve start really liking each other in The Winter Soldier and going forward, you know, when she finally, after everyone's made fun of Cap for cursing, uh, and you think the joke's dead, and it kind of is in Ultron, just because she needs, she's the little sister she has to you know give a little dig uh at, at cap's language uh at the very end of all trauma and then the farm and they're relaxing and they're all kind of coming back into themselves after the trauma of the hallucinations and blah, blah, blah. and he just smiles and he looks at her and he just goes you know what romanov um and of course when he's you know grinning ear to ear about bruce banner the possibility of bruce and natasha getting together and bruce having no clue that she's flirting with him and cap you know the ultimate not a ladies man having to be the one to coach bruce banner i mean just it's just gold every time it's Cap and natasha it's gold every time it's black panther and cap it's gold every time it's sam bucky and cap it's gold and you know what a lot of those have already been very successful or are going to be successful, are going to be great TV shows and great movies, Black Panther 2, uh, Winter Soldier, uh, Falcon on TV, WandaVision, etc. Everything is going through Team Cap. And so if you love the Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, you know... Uh, crazier Thor stuff. I, I love Thor, but I just haven't loved all the, the the cosmic part of the movies. You know, Guardians, too colorful for me. Doctor Strange is too colorful and magic for me. Um, Captain Marvel was all over the place. It, was, it actually looked okay. I wasn't washed out like Guardians 2, but it made zero sense, other than setting up her blowing up a spaceship with her body in, in Endgame, I guess, is what that was all leading up to. It's okay, Brite, you're doing great. Keep doing what you're doing, girl. They gotta get you better scripts. Um, But uh, I don't think we're gonna have a problem with scripts. And uh, interestingly, the writer um, of the movie is a uh, fairly well-established Australian woman of middle age who happens to be... A convert to Jew, to, to to Jewishness, a Jewish convert, as it were, it was on her Wikipedia page. I had to smile about it, you know. I was like, eh, I wonder if uh, if her and Scarlett started talking about like Israeli politics or something and like really hit it off like a very Jewish thing. Or like food, talking about food. I you know, I don't let anybody. Um uh sorry guys, Jews Run Hollywood. I apologize. It's it's not intentional, we're just good at it. Um but uh May first, twenty twenty, Black Widow. The you know, Spider Man was sort of the postscript to Avengers This takes place before the end which makes it again better because you can sit back and I know I said this but this is the thought I want to leave on which is if this is even a B plus to A minus script but is really well filmed produced uh, and shot and and you just give Scarlet scarlet stuff um this movie is going to kill at the box office it'll do fine critically i don't really put any faith in critics at this point you know they mostly love marvel movies they might find a way to try and hate black widow even if it's good but scarlet tends to be liked uh based on all the awards she's gotten in all medias um and recognition that she's a great actress um and so i think that's gonna kill on all levels and uh You know, it's sort of like Jyn. I mean, you've got Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel, right? Who are the two super OP leaders, you know, future leaders, you know, most powerful in their respective comic book universes. And then you got Black Widow, who's kind of a scrappy, roguish assassin. I mean, there's a lot of similarities with Jyn. Certainly Jyn, before she meets the Rebellion, and she's just, you know, scrapping on her own after Saw Guerrero kicked her out. Uh, I love those characters. You know, I love those really roguish human characters. Uh, As I talk about, I love that Jin you think of Jin as being an amazing fighter because the few times she does use the blaster and then her like batons she kicks stormtroopers ass left and right and it's and we're all amazed along with diego luna how effective she is but the fact that she does a lot of like adventure stuff and just brain stuff and char- charisma stuff you know they're doing different things it's not just like boom boom boom, punch punch, 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 punch. um i tend to like those characters um and uh you know, I mean, the fact that of what we know of Marvel Phase 4, other than Thor, Love and Thunder with Natalie Portman, which I'm not going to get started on because i go on forever about how great I think that movie is going to be. Although I did say that about Ragnarok, but no, I really think so. Uh, but other than that, uh, Fall 2021 is the Hawkeye uh, show, um, and by then we'll have had Black Widow uh, movie, Falcon and Winter Soldier show. One uh, division show, and then Wanda. I think almost for sure they're not denying it. Scarlet Witch as a co-lead, essentially in Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. I think that's when she's going to lose her mind. And then Loki is on TV. I think sh- we're gonna have Wanda going back and forth with the movies to TV. Is my prediction. I think Loki will be part of uh, who manipulates her um, to start going crazy. But as usual, Loki's schemes get away from him, and she goes way crazier. Um, and uh, and and that'll be the connection to. To the x-men because of course unfortunately what well, we love us are wanda and we love us a scarlet witch she goes crazy in the comics and kills like all the fucking x-men and that would be the perfect way to reintroduce a new x-men into the marvel cinematic universe black widow may 1st 2020 there's really i don't think anyone that deserves this more than scarlett johansson um and but uh, uh uh, to rephrase and restate something um, from a, a recent podcast it's not that she deserves it because she's been a good soldier and done what the corporate people told her to do because let me tell you, they need Scarlet more than she needs them. she got plenty of money, she got plenty of fame, she's got plenty of hardware in terms of awards and acclaim um, and so my guess is they were pitching her on this well before she 100% agreed to it. Um and after Civil War, they were like, "Wow, that was an amazing performance! You had almost no screen time, and we're you know other than your your death scene, we actually don't have a lot of screen time for you in the final movies." But people are starting to really love you. Let's do the movie and she doesn't owe it to any of us. She owes it to herself. If this is important to her and if this is important to Scarlett Johansson on a personal level. And it's not just about money and fame, which has never been with her, by the way, which makes her character so authentic. And if this is truly a passion project, even though it's a big budget Marvel movie, that's May 1st, 2020, um that nothing by the way no one's going to put a movie up against it Uh, i mean there might be kids movies there might be rated r movies but no like pg-13 blockbusters for at least two or three weeks after black widow it's just gonna slay um at the theater um uh in my opinion um but uh (laughs) if this is a passion project for someone who's already an a-plus actor a-plus person as far as i can tell certainly just an a-plus personality an interesting and cool and her own thing, and almost always hits it out of the ballpark, then, you know, I mean, this could be, people said it about Deadpool didn't happen, people thought maybe with Black Panther, you know, Black Panther did win some awards, get nominated for stuff, in terms of acting, other than Heath Ledger, this would be the one, um, especially as it's a culmination of both many, many movies. Of uh, Marvel, but also her roles in Lucy and Ghost in the Shell, which people appreciate. Again, you know, people will watch those movies because it's Scarlett Johansson being an assassin in interesting, weird sci-fi scenarios. She gets sci-fi. I mean, I mean okay, Prestige isn't technically sci-fi. It takes place in the past, but there's a lot of, you know crazy magic sci-fi things going on let's not even count that her you know she's an ai from the future ghost in the shell basically she's an ai that's an embodied in the future lucy is you know clearly a you know near future sci-fi thriller she's into the stuff and so in the way marvel is is the grounded property and i i uh yeah and i i don't know i don't know she she seems like she never does anything she doesn't want to do um and uh that's a that's a great great sign because well chris evans a lot of people loved him in uh first avenger which i didn't see in the theaters most of us fell in love with him for good and and the winter soldier and then uh well both avengers movies but specifically the winter soldier um and then he just became more and more camp over time and you just didn't even question it like iron man um she's been fully black widow I think since 2012 in the Avengers with Joss Whedon, who set up everything, and the Russos would be the first ones to say that they set up the relationship between her and Hawkeye. We didn't, I'm sorry, we didn't set up the relationship between her and Hawkeye, set up between her and Cat. But uh, certainly since 2014 uh, with Nat, uh, you know, uh, and her becoming a real person in the Winter Soldier. I'm so happy for her, and mostly I'm so happy for us. And. you know, I, I self-admittedly before uh, well, both Final Avengers movies, but once I saw Infinity War and then definitely Black Panther, despite what I thought about, about Captain Marvel and Endgame being so epic and fit clothes, um I've said I'm, I'm more optimistic about the movies going forward. Now you'll notice of of the announcements uh it starts with black widow may 1st 2020 ends november 5th 2021 with thor love and thunder uh but we know there's captain marvel too um that acknowledged doctor strange too we know there's black panther too other than that we will have to see um but if they're closing a chapter with black widow the falcon and the winter soldier as the first two properties um you know, it, it'll be sad, uh, but, you know, a principle I live by, especially with movies and, and creative things I love, is I always prefer less than more. Oh, I shouldn't, to, to be more specific, I always prefer uh, too little than too much. Um, I don't think Scarlet's doing another movie. Or let me put it this way I've been asked by people is there any way that they would have done this without signing her to multiple cards? Uh, you know, a multiple movie deal as like an option, and and I said only if the option is on her end as well. Um, she might do it for financial reasons, you know, like a like like an old aging slugger extending their contract or something. Um, but I don't think she went into this. And it, if I had to get into that, called transit right now. You know, uh, seven eight months out, whatever it is before the movie. I don't think she's thinking she's doing another one. I think this is the story she wants to tell because it's not, again, going to reveal a ton of twists and turns, uh, or that I think are particularly the most important thing, but we're just going to get more nuance to her personality, which is already there. She just needs the screen time this is really a screen time adjustment um this is like hey we had to cut two hours worth of amazing black widow stuff because it was you know it was to just her being a subtle brilliant actress and not moving you know the ultron plot forward or whatever um it's a screen time adjustment but again it's a reward um for and i'm really gonna leave you uh, it's not a reward for being a good soldier in the company it's a reward for building up a fan base who loves her and wants more that's why they're doing this movie because she built it she did it she stepped up to the plate and once she started getting writing and directing with joss whedon and the avengers and then the russo brothers and the winter soldier um to me she was always the one i was most excited to see part of that might be that you don't get overexposed the way with tons of Thor and Iron Man movies, perhaps. Um, and that's why I think she'll bow out, um, after this, other than maybe some guest appearances. I'll have to see if, 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 uh, Scar jo, sorry, if Scarlett, uh, will, uh, c- come on the TV for some appearances with Marvel. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, I could go either way. I, I hope she moves on. Um, and, uh, because she's ageless and gorgeous and brilliant. Um, uh, she can really do wh- whatever she wants. Final note: Rachel Weiss is a major character in this movie. Maybe a bad guy, uh, as if I could, and <laughs> if I needed another major, you know, uh, woman in thirties, early forties, actress that I absolutely adore and love and want to see in more things, Rachel Weiss is right at the top of that list. She's so great, and Jewish. Sorry, guys. I'll stop talking about it. But thank you for joining me, May first, twenty twenty. Get excited, but don't. Like get specifically your hopes up excited. Just get, you know, get, um, um, it's sort of like going to a restaurant you might've been to once before it was great and you're bringing someone there, you know, and you're like, oh, this is going to be great. I don't even have to think about it. I got the reservation. Just make the reservation, sit down and enjoy the gloriousness, uh, that is Scarlett Johansson as the Black Widow. Thank you for joining me. Uh, may the force be with you. In this very marvelous podcast, I'll be coming back at you soon, uh, probably with other people, um, uh, with other topics, um, and more on this topic. Um, check out, uh, I've talked to Abdiel about these announcements. I talked to Simi. You can check out those podcasts. But these are my thoughts about May 1st, 2020. Thank you all. The support, the love. Be back at you soon. Bizzle out.